Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Um, we're going to f- finish up our uh, colonial home building podcast tonight, the last episode. Um, we have a lot more information to go on that, but it becomes a little bit difficult to, uh, to, you know, to speak in this type of venue. So really would need uh, a whiteboard and, and uh, not do it in the podcast venue. But, so we're going to finish up uh, the colonial home building, which is uh, talking about stairs. So very interesting. Some of the most difficult things, uh, objects to build in any home is to build stairs, particularly curved stairs the mathematics and how to lay them out, how to lay out the handrails and so forth and so on. So stairs. The decades had seen radical changes in the treatment of interior walls, ranging from wainscot to paneling, then on to plaster. Meanwhile, staircases were kept pace at the times to complement the updated walls. So as we talk about the... Uh, as we talk about the Shivers house, we have to realize that out of the grand reception room, the staircase is only accessed by, I believe it's a 29-inch wide doorway. So staircases were kept minimalistic, out of the way, almost like a closet, barely enough room for someone who was quite overweight to get up the staircase, um, usually with not, without a railing. No fanfare, no, no, more, no one would know it is except a, a possible closet. But just let's move forward back into the, uh, you know, the late Victorian era when staircases were the focal point. It wasn't the the great reception room or hall in the front of the dwelling, the front of the house. It was the place to be seen as you entered to see the man or the woman of the house coming down the stairway. It was always sloped or curved and and she would be uh, richly dressed, you know, and, uh, and think of gone with the wind. And, and, and how luxurious that was. And that was filmed in the, the early 19th century. So staircases in colonial America were hidden and some tucked away between uh, chimneys and in the kitchen, back stairways and things like that. And even in the sign of the key tavern, there's a, a hidden stairway in the, the wall separating the hearth room and the cage bar room. And this was for owners to have a quick, um, quick way to get upstairs if there were any uh, illicit goings on in the bedrooms upstairs, any fights or anything going on. So they needed a, a quick entryway. But let's get back to this. And uh, some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the terms used around a stair that would have been hidden in the wall, would, you would somehow have vertical wainscot that would hide them. Um, you would have a winder post and winders and then the chimney stack. So this is what's usually happening um, around a chimney when you have a stairway. So in, in the earlier colonial homes, space was at a premium. So this was especially true of the central chimney home. The great fireplace stack had crowded the entry hall and stairway into a short, narrow space. Of necessity, the angle of ascent was steep with risers and narrow treads. Winders, those pie-shaped stops that were framed in and pivoted around the square oak post were real space savers. The straight run of steps was supported by the studs that also held the enclosing vertical wainscoting. There were no handrails, as I just mentioned. Nicely molded wall panels were gradually replacing the wainscoting covering the walls and staircases. 
open steps were part of the new thrust. Early in the period, transitional vertical sheathing extended up to the string. This long stair support was boxed with fancy moldings, forming a base for a series of stubby balusters, and then turned from hard pine. Rhode Islanders often sawed their balusters from boards to give a lathe turn profile with two flat sides. Atop these supports rested a simple handrail, chamfered or rounded at the top. As the period progressed, the short balusters were lengthened into more graceful turnings. The handrail was embellished with moldings on the outer face, giving an asymmetrical cross section. Newel posts were often turned on a lathe, including a cap of sorts on the top. Some even terminated with a pineapple. Occasionally, the supporting post at the end of the stairs was extended below the ceiling as a decorative feature. Sparking benches, certainly the stairs of the central chimney were a bit cramped, but they did have the advantage over the straight run stairs of the mid- in the middle and southern colonies. There was just space enough against the paneled wainscot of the entry stairs for a small seat. Tradition was it that after calling on one's best girlfriend, there were a few moments to linger before the last good nights. It was a light fit for a couple making sparks, but history was never recorded any complaints of the stairway seat. According to Webster, a string is one of the inclined sides of a stair supporting the treads and the risers. Between 1700 and 1725, the strings became exposed, as we have seen, with more and more decorative trim from the molding plane. The box strings were joined to the stairs in a very unusual way. Instead of the latter strings that were cut into the sawtooth shape to hold the stair supports, and, and were framed between the strings to hold the, the th- treads and the risers alike. The nosing plane carved a curve in the leading edges of the treads. Other than this molding plane and the other used to decorate the outer face of the string, common tools did the job of building stairs. Chisel and mallet cut the support mortises, the handsaw trimmed the treads after squaring, and wooden pegs secured the handrail and newel post. So let's talk about how we got into the third quarter of the 18th century to finalize our talk on stairs, the Georgian staircase. This design emanated from England, lagged probably 30 years behind in the colonies. The Georgian style came as a welcome change. Two chimneys several feet from the gables took the place of a single central chimney stack in the more northern colonies. In the warmer southern colonies, where chimneys could be located within the exterior and extend outward from the gabled ends, the interior alterations were less drastic. The result was an open and airy central hall with plenty of elbow room. Now a very visible staircase took on added importance. Among the striking changes was a longer, more gradual angle of ascent with wider treads and lower risers. The earlier boxed or closed strings became open strings with the ends of the the treads showing. Scroll-shaped brackets, like so many soldiers, with three secured to each tread, 
Often there were alternating patterns of spiral or gracefully turned forms. The newel post, not to be outdone, was set out beyond the handrail like placing its many turning and carvings on notice. A welcome handrail carved out to rest on the newel post. All in all, the staircase was now an important architectural feature worthy of the prospering colonial home architecture. And with that, I finish up colonial colonial homes, colonial building of homes. And uh, so we've had a great run and, uh, you know, from, from hand planes to wagon wainscoting and finishing up with stairs. So I hope everyone's enjoyed all the episodes. So signing out, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist.